Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. In chapter 10 of the book of Acts, we see a story of a man called Cornelius, a Gentile, a Roman centurion. He's living in a city called Caesarea, which is quite a distance from Jerusalem, but still within the territory of Israel. And he interacts with Peter, the apostle, who's in a town called Joppa, about 30 miles from Caesarea, no longer in Jerusalem. Now, let's get the context. This is Acts chapter 10. We're a few years after Jesus has risen again, gone back to heaven. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. A persecution has broken out against the Christians in Jerusalem. And they started to get the idea we're supposed to go. We're supposed to obey the great commission that Jesus gave us to go into all nations and make disciples. And so Peter is in Joppa. He hasn't gone very far, but he has left Jerusalem and he's doing ministry in Joppa. He's doing some amazing things. He's raising people from the dead and preaching. And this man called Cornelius, a Roman who loves and fears God, who wants to do right, who wants to know God, is searching for God. He's seeking God. Jeremiah 29 says that if you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. And Cornelius was seeking God and God put these two people together, Cornelius and Peter, through an amazing set of circumstances. And Cornelius was the first Gentile that we know of, in other words, non-Jewish man and his whole household to become Christians. And it was the start of an amazing spread of the gospel throughout the Gentile world uh, to the point where pretty much every nation on earth now has Christians and has heard about the gospel. Not quite everyone yet, but almost everyone. And it started with Cornelius. And today I want to talk about how do we put ourselves in the place to receive God's blessing? How do we put ourselves in a place to receive grace? Now, this can be controversial because we believe as evangelical Christians, as Bible-believing Christians, we believe that we are saved by grace alone. We have nothing to do with it. It's God who gives, and it's God who gives us the desire to want Him and the ability to respond to Him and all these different things. And we can fall into the error of thinking, well, I have nothing to do with this. I have no part to play. And I want to show you today that we can, even though it's God's grace, even though there's this fountain of blessing, of forgiveness, of salvation, of the Holy Spirit that God wants to pour into us, we can put ourselves in a place, a place to receive. Or we can put ourselves in a place not to receive. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 30, it's talking about how John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. And everyone who listened to John the Baptist was open to Jesus's teaching and his salvation. But in verse 30, it says, but the Pharisees, because they hadn't been baptized by John, because they hadn't been willing to follow John's teaching, they were closed off from receiving Jesus. They would put themselves in a place that was harder for God to reach them. 
Acts chapter 17, Paul is teaching in Athens and he says, God wants men everywhere to grope for him and find him. Now it is grace. It is God who even gives us the ability and the desire to reach out for him and to find him. But there is something for us to do. And today I want to learn and I want you to learn with me how we can put ourselves in the place to receive blessing. Because at the end of chapter 10, Peter is hugely encouraged and amazed that God is reaching the Gentiles. And his whole paradigm of salvation has changed. Cornelius and his whole household are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And a brand new revolution is breaking out in the Gentile world. And that was because they put themselves in the place to receive. I'm going to go through the letters of the word place. And the first is position, the second is learn, the third is act, the fourth is certainty, and the last one is environment. And if we learn how to put ourselves in the place that God wants us to be, then we will receive. Um, even if you're not in the place, you may, you may say today, I'm far from God. I, I, none of these apply to me. I, I haven't followed these guidelines to put myself in a place to receive. God can still reach you. And it's just that turning towards him, wherever you are, he can reach you. But going forward, there are principles here that we can put into practice in our lives that will make it much easier for you to receive what God has for you. Acts chapter 10 verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms or gifts, donations, generously to the people and prayed to God always. This is a religious man. If you looked at him from the outside, you would say he is a righteous man. He is a devout man. He is a praying man. He gives alms. And verse 3 says, About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your gifts, your alms, have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, send for Simon, and he gives him instructions to, to go and get Simon from Joppa. So Cornelius is righteous. He fears God. He wants to do what's right. He gives generously. He prays. He's seeking. Um, he's put himself in a position. The first letter, P, he has put himself in a position. He wants God's will. You know, we sometimes think because we're not saved by good works, we sometimes think that if a person is religious or trying to do good apart from Jesus, that it's it's a bad thing. But it's not because what had happened, what had happened with Cornelius is he had prepared his heart. He had tried to do right. Now, he wasn't saved by all the money that he gave, by all the prayers that he prayed, by all of his desire to be righteous. That could not save him. It's, it's a ladder to heaven that you can never climb, but wanting, wanting God and wanting righteousness and wanting to please God is a position that we can put ourselves in. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with saying, God, I want you. I want to do what's right. I want your will for my life. 
Now Peter also put himself in a position. Verse 9, the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to earth. And there were all kinds of animals in there. And the Jewish people had clean and unclean animals. And the voice said to him, kill and eat. Even the unclean animals, the clean and the unclean. And and Peter said, no, I would never eat something unclean. And it happened again. And eventually Peter realized that his perspective on the world, that it's Gentiles and Jews and God only wants the Jews. He understood his perspective was wrong and he learned. But he had put himself in a position of prayer and wanting to seek God. So if we want God's will, and we are trying to please him, or if we are praying and listening to him. Both of those put us in a position to receive from God. But there is an important aspect. The second one is L, learn. We've got to be willing to learn. You see, the problem with doing good works is that we can fall into this trap of thinking, I'm good enough in my own ability. We can become self-righteous, self-reliant. We can become proud and inflexible and think that our religion or our traditions or our goodness or our good works or our history of good deeds or even our family background or the fact that we were christened as a child or whatever it is, we can think those things give us a a right standing with God and that we don't have to learn anything more. But both of these men were willing to learn. They were willing to change. They were flexible. So P stands for putting ourselves in a position of wanting God's will or praying to him. L stands for being willing to learn, being willing to change. Can I tell you right now, my dear friend, and I have confidence in saying this, there are things you still need to learn. And I do too. We don't know what we don't know. (laughs) There are things we don't know and we're not even aware of what they are. And if you are arrogant enough to think that you've got it all sorted out, you know the truth, there's nothing more you have to learn, then you are not in a place to receive from God. Both Cornelius and Peter were willing to learn. Now for Peter, it was a major adjustment. He had been taught throughout his whole life about the laws of the Old Testament and how there are clean foods and unclean foods, and and even Gentiles are unclean. The the Jewish tradition and religion at that time really considered Gentiles to be like dogs. They considered them to be unclean and not worth associating with. You weren't allowed to be with them, be near them, befriend them. And this picture of food coming down was something that was jolting Peter out of a wrong paradigm, a wrong mindset. And you and I can get inflexible. You know, there might be things that you were taught as a child in Sunday school, or maybe you've you've learned from your culture or whatever it is, that you are, are fixed in a position that is not God's truth. And we have to, all the time, while we have confidence and faith in God's word, we have to say, there are things I can still learn. I need to learn L, learn. Lord, what can you teach me? What can I change? How can I repent? How can I move? Peter was the great apostle. 
Jesus had said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Peter could have said, you know what? I'm the, I'm the one who knows the truth. I don't have anything to learn. But he was willing to change. He was willing to listen. Cornelius could have said, I, I'm a righteous man. I've done all these good works. I, 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 I'm perfect. You know, the funny thing about self-righteousness, we can list all the, all the ways we're good and all the sins that we're not doing, and we can tick them all off. But the way you can tell if you're self-righteous is there's a hidden little sin that you won't put on your list, and that's the sin of pride where you say, am I proud? Do I think I'm better? Do I think I'm competent and righteous in my own ability or because of what I've done? And if you can say, yes, I've got pride, then you're ready to learn. And so we have to be willing to do good, but always still willing to learn. The third letter is A, which stands for act or obey. They acted on it. As soon as Cornelius was given the message, he acted. He sent his men to find Peter, Peter, as soon as he got the vision, the Lord warned him and said, there's some men coming. And Peter went with them, which was astounding because they were Gentiles. Verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. They called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down, go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? They told him the story. And on the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Verse 24, and the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection. As soon as I was sent for, I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? And Cornelius tells him his vision that he saw and how he sent men. Um, and then in verse 33, he says, so I sent for you immediately. You've done well to come now, therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, and Peter preaches the gospel. He preaches the word of God. He preaches the truth. And the fourth letter, we've had position yourself right. We've said, be willing to learn. We've said, be willing to act, be willing to step out, be willing to obey. You know, it's all very well having a knowledge of what is right and being willing to learn. But if we don't act on it, we don't put ourselves in the place to receive. Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, it says, The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your father's house and go to the land I will show you. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. All nations will be blessed through you. But Abraham had to go to the promised land to receive the blessing. 
And it's the same with us. We need to act. We need to be willing to obey. We need to change. We need to cut off certain things, do other things. When God speaks, we've got to be willing to act. So can I ask, how are you doing with P, L, and A? Are you in a position of prayer or wanting God's will? Are you willing to learn and are you willing to act, step up? When God speaks to you, are you willing to say yes? Because if you are, then you are a good way towards being ready to receive from God. The third letter is certainty. What is it that we can be certain about? <laughs> what is the concrete? C could also stand for concrete uh, or confidence or counsel. What is, the, what is the information that we consider to be true? You see, I have to say there is something that is true that I'm willing to put my faith in and my trust in. Both Cornelius and Peter had seen visions and experienced things, uh, spiritual things, almost intangible, emotional, spiritual things, visions and, and, and dreams, etc. But they both based what they did and what they believed on God's word. The certainty must be on God's word. Peter is about to preach to Cornelius' household from God's word, and it's God's word that enables them to receive, to be saved, to be set free, and to receive the Holy Spirit. Peter, the vision of the, of the food coming down. If, if God's word had never said anywhere that the Gentiles were supposed to be saved, then Peter would have been right to have ignored that vision. It doesn't matter how technicolor and amazing and persuasive the vision was. If God's word didn't say that Jesus wants to save the Gentiles as well, then Peter should have ignored the vision. But Jesus said many times about the Gentiles. Um, even though he said, I've come for the lost uh, children of Israel, he went to various Gentile people, the Syrophoenician woman, the centurion, uh, he went to Samaria and he spoke about the Gentiles and he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, no food is unclean. And the whole of the Old Testament, again and again, it talks about God's desire for the nations, the nations, all nations will come to your light. So the nations is part of the, the Bible. And Peter just needed a jolt to be able to remember the Bible says the nations. The Bible says, don't call any man unclean. For some reason, even though Jesus had taught Peter, and even though he'd heard the great commission that said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, he still had a preconception that it's just for the Jews and it required a jolt for him to learn. But it's because he was in the place to learn. He'd put himself in a position to change. And friend, I want to say to you that the only certainty, the only concrete that you can rely on and base everything on is God's word, and we must go back to it. So, Peter opened his mouth. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. He says, you've got to want God's will. Uh, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The, the sermon that Peter preaches is just so beautiful. It just hits all the main points. Uh, the word that God sent, um, Jesus came preaching peace. He is Lord of all. He's, he's just giving them the basics of the gospel. 
That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's the essence of Jesus's ministry. He was fighting and over, overthrowing the devil. Uh, and we are witnesses, Peter says. We saw all these things which he did. Uh, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Jesus died. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. He says, we saw him rise again. He died and he rose again. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. He said the Great Commission, he told us to go and preach to all people about Jesus is going to judge one day at the end of time. But now listen, uh, to him, all the prophets witness. And then the next few words are the gospel in essence, the, the, the kernel of truth that is required for a person to get saved. And as soon as Cornelius and everyone heard it, because they were fertile ground for the word of God, because they'd put themselves in a ready position, as soon as they heard it, they were saved and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Whoever believes in him, Jesus, and his death for them on the cross, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Cornelius, it's not all your good works and giving of gifts and praying and righteousness. It's believing in Jesus. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. The last letter is E. It stands for environment, and it's talking about the people of God and the presence, the Holy Spirit of God. The last letter is E, environment. If we put ourselves in a place where God's presence is and where God's people are, if we are in a position of wanting God's will and prayer, if we are willing to learn, if we are willing to act on what God says, if we put our concrete certainty in the Word of God, then when we're in an environment with God's people. You know, we've had over a year, some of us, of not being able to meet in church. And while we can still communicate over video, while we can pray and talk and love and all that, there is something tangible about being with other Christians. Because Jesus said, where two or three gather, gather in my name, I am there in the midst of them. God's presence is there when we gather in his name. When you're with other believers and in the presence of God, you're in a place to receive. Cornelius was saved, not because of his good works. Although his good works helped and get, got him ready, but he was also flexible and willing to learn. He was willing to act on what God said. He put his trust in the certainty of God's word and in the environment of God's people and God's spirit. As soon as he heard God's word, whew, the Holy Spirit flooded in and changed him forever. 
Now, Peter was changed forever as well. In Acts 11, he explains to the other Jewish believers what had happened. He's so amazed. It says here that all those who were with Peter were amazed. And, and Peter, this paradigm shift for him of the Gentiles are supposed to be receiving the Holy Spirit was so dramatic for him that it changed him forever. He had some slip-ups in Galatians. We hear that he, he uh, distanced himself from the Gentiles for a little bit. But by and large, Acts 15 tells us, Peter said, yes, we must preach to the Gentiles. And it's by grace, not by Jewish religious rituals that we get saved. And it was a huge paradigm shift for Peter. He had a download of God's grace and power and help and anointing. But for Cornelius and the Gentiles all around the world, it was the start of something wonderful. My friend, that same Holy Spirit is here right with you where you are. Can I ask you to put yourself in the place to receive, to get around other believers and to ask God's Spirit to fill you, to study His Word and to say, God, I want to receive all, all the good things that you have for me. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend, my brother or sister who's listening to me right now. Lord, I thank you that you have made it possible for us, wherever we are, whoever we are, to receive from your grace. Lord, I thank you that you have something special for my friend right now. Friend, if you've never received Jesus, maybe you've relied on your good works and religion, just say this prayer, Lord Jesus, I can't save myself. You died for me. Please forgive me. I receive your gift of salvation. I receive your Holy Spirit. And friend, maybe you're a Christian who's become inflexible, stuck in your ways. And I want to say to you, God has new things for you. Put yourself in this position today and say, Lord, I want to learn from your truth. I want to learn new things. I want to be humble and flexible. And I ask you to fill me again with your Holy Spirit to turn my life around and to put me on a new direction. Friends, we at Leading Lights Network have an internet-based website that is available to help you. Plus, there are people who would pray with you, who will help you, maybe visit you, whatever it is, give you advice, because we want to help you to start something for the Lord wherever you live. If you're in a church, get fully involved in your church. If you're not and you want to start something, we will help you because you have a calling from God and we are with you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.